Welcome to the Building Your Dream Career podcast with Three Skills co-founders Toby, Josh, Mariane, and Anissa. Welcome to How I Built My Career. I am your host, Anissa Stoli, and on today's episode, I am excited to be chatting with Manuela Barcenas. Manuela is the head of marketing at Fellow. In 2018, Manuela was actually the very first marketing hire at Fellow App, one of the fastest growing startups in Ottawa, Canada. And she's been living the startup marketing life for nearly four years now. So at Fellow, she's launched the successful Super Managers podcast. She runs a bi-weekly newsletter called The Manager TLDR, and now leads a team of marketers that develop campaigns to accelerate revenue and build Fellow's brand. Manuela is always posting about management, marketing, and productivity, both on LinkedIn and Twitter. So if you're listening, make sure you follow her on both platforms. And without further ado, Manuela, thank you so much for coming to the show and welcome. Thank you for having me, Anissa. You know, I really admire everything that you and the team at The Three Skills are doing. So I'm super honored to be on the show. Oh, and for you to be the very first guest is so exciting to us. <laughs> it's a nice icebreaker. Um, but yeah, let's dive deep into the conversation. So the very first thing I want to know is where were you born and where did you grow up? Bring us back. Yeah, so I was born in Colombia, in Bogota, Colombia. And I was very lucky that because of my dad's job, we actually moved around a lot. I think the, a similar thing happened to you as well yeah. uh, as a, what do they call it, third culture kid. So basically, I was born in Colombia, then lived in Ecuador for three years, then lived in Peru for six years. And then when I was 18, I moved to Canada by myself to study at Carleton University. So that was my journey before coming to Canada. That's really cool. So can I ask what your dad was doing for work that he moved so much? Yeah. So uh, he worked as a like business manager and, and sales manager for a multinational okay. company. So okay. yeah, they would like move him around to basically um, manage and implement projects that he had implemented in Colombia, for example, then in different countries like Ecuador and Peru. So mm. yeah, he used to work in the pharmaceutical industry and really? um, agri agrochemical industry. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. And yeah. how about your mom? Out of curiosity, what did your mom do? Yeah, great question. My mom, so uh, my mom is a physiotherapist. So what was very nice for her is that even though she had to close her business because she was an entrepreneur in Colombia and had a right. business of like physiotherapy and hiring other physiotherapists to to work with clients. Her field allowed her to continue working wherever we wherever we moved, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. she she would just like find physiotherapy clients and she's right. also a Pilates instructor. So she would like teach Pilates uh, in those countries. So yeah, it's really cool that they were able to both um, apply, you know, their skills yeah. and their and, and and work in different countries. And that allowed me to to grow up living in different countries and really like understanding different cultures. And even mm -hmm. though you might think that because Colombia, Ecuador and Peru are so close together in South America, someone might think that the culture is the same. But in reality, every culture has 
or every country has its traditions, right. uh, its um, you know culture in general oh, yeah. that makes it makes it special and unique. So I think that was a great lesson before I moved to Canada. Yeah, I can imagine, and I'm curious, you know, seeing your dad being so career oriented and your mom being so entrepreneurial, did that like you know pave a way for you? Did that affect even the way that you approached your career path at all? Yeah, I love this question because no one had ever asked me that on a podcast before. Um, <laughs> but yes, for sure. Um, I think that the fact that my dad, like you said, was so career driven and thanks to his work, um, he was able to provide such a good quality of life for his family. But I could also tell that he was very passionate about what he did and he would mm -hmm. come back home and and talk about work in a very excited way. Mm -hmm. I think that definitely uh, made a mark on me. And, and my parents were both always very supportive of never apply for a job if you're not fully passionate about it, or if you're, if you think it won't make you happy, like yeah. I think that they were always of that mindset. Um, and I, I for sure carried that with me and still carry it. So, yeah. So what did you end up going to school for? Like even growing up, what did you want to pursue as a career even? Yeah. So I think my dad also had a huge impact on this because he would always like ask us to like report on stuff like we were we would go on trips and he would have his video camera all the time and he would be like okay so where are we give us like the the news <laughs> so yeah. I grew up uh wanting to be a journalist and being a, wanting to be a reporter like I always pictured myself being like in front of the camera and telling like the news or stories and interviewing people so that's why when I came to Canada I studied journalism at Carleton University And I love the world of journalism. Like what I love about it is you get to meet a lot of people, you get to interview others and you get to learn a lot about different stories and things yes. that you didn't think you would like learn about just because you're you're writing the news or you're interviewing different people from different fields. But then I also started experimenting and, and, and doing a lot of like internships or even like extracurricular activities that were related to social media management and yeah. website building or, or building like a brand, uh, whether it was like the Olas brand on campus, like the organization for Latin American students, or then starting to build my personal brand on social media. So I think even though I liked journalism, I then realized that a lot of components that I liked about it can also be applied in marketing. Mm -hmm. Like you're interviewing someone right now for a podcast, right? And you're not a journalist, yeah. but I think that this is, a, this is the beauty of marketing. That's very true. There's a lot of skills mm -hmm. and yeah, and things that you do in journalism and marketing that are very similar. So was they that overlap? Yeah, yeah, they overlap. So did that kind of happen naturally, or were you actively thinking, you know, journalism is great, but I kind of prefer marketing, and I want to pivot into that. I want to go all in into it, or yeah, or did it happen naturally for you? Yeah. So I always had these two ideas in mind, right? Like, do I want right. to, when I graduated, do I, do I want to be a journalist or do I want to go into marketing? I always liked social media. And like I said, like looking at the analytics behind things. Um, so what I always advise, and if there are some international students listening to this or, or future graduates is the best way to know is by actually doing different internships and 
um, extracurricular activities and just testing out different things, right? Like you won't right. know what you want and what you really like until you actually try it. So during university, I did uh, a couple of internships. One of them was a communications internship at the embassy of Colombia. So it was very like political communications and very, you know, like that, that was one type of thing that I, I was wondering if I wanted. The answer was no, I don't want to be like <laughs> yeah, in, in that type of atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Um even though I loved my internship, but then I also did an internship for an organization called Startup Canada. And when I was writing for them, I was writing about startups and I was writing about tech and those things, like I was so excited to write about and learn about. So I remember this sounds a little bit cliche, but there was one day when I was writing a story for them and I thought, you know what? I don't know if I want to be the person writing the story or if I want to be the person in the story. In the story. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. So I think that it was all because I did this internship and, and tried different internships during university that I started to find my path, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes so much sense, especially um, as you know, we run that the Project Pivot program at Three Skills and we hear that a lot. I think those thought processes are so common, more common than you think. And we hear that a lot in the students that choose to come to our program. You know, I, I did this thing and I realized that's not for me or I experienced this opportunity and I couldn't get enough of it. So I wanted to do more of it. Um, and I personally relate to that as well because I remember as a teacher, I was doing something that was so special, but I didn't feel um, that connection. And I knew someone else could do a better job And then when I saw people in the marketing world, I was like, that's where I want to be. Those are the rooms I want to be in. Mm -hmm. So I relate to that. You know, you're like, I want to be the person it, that I'm writing about. <laughs> yes. I, I totally get that. Um, yeah. That's, that's really awesome. So you did mention something earlier saying, you know, that you, you said specifically building your social media brand. And I know that that in this day and age has a lot to do with your career path and can contribute a lot to your career growth. Um, how did that kick off for you, your social media brand? Um, how did you start that? Yeah, I think it all started with my internships, like posting about the things that I was writing, you know, like for Startup Canada. Um, I think with social media, it's important, especially on LinkedIn, to try to not be shy about your work and try to actually mm -hmm. share your work with the world. Mm -hmm. um, I have this friend, I'm going to bring her up, CC the Flavis, who is now a, a yeah. reporter for CDC, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and she tells the story of like, I started posting all my articles on LinkedIn and then CBC reached out to her because they were like, hey, we noticed that you post on LinkedIn. Do you want to work with us? Wow. Um, so a, a similar, a very similar thing happened to me. Like I started I, I post a lot on LinkedIn and mm -hmm. thanks to those posts, some people then reach out to me saying like, Hey, do you want to have, do you want to have a coffee chat? Hey, I would yeah. love to get to know you or like, Hey, I'm a big fan of your work. Um, so I think it all started by sharing what I was writing on LinkedIn and then not being afraid to connect with people. That's something that mm -hmm. maybe I do a lot of, but I just like randomly connect with people. Like if I see you post something interesting on LinkedIn I'm going to send you a connection request with like a note saying, I thought what you, what you just posted was really cool. Let's be friends, you know? That's um, awesome. Just using LinkedIn to, to get to know people that are like 
minded. I love that because actually one of the biggest parts of what we always try to preach and teach is the power of building strategic relationships within your career growth. And a lot of people get so uncomfortable with the idea. And of course that can combine, you know, your social media presence, like you just said, with reaching out to people that you barely know. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious, what was something, um, what other things do you do in, in your networking that have helped you even get further in your career? Do you have any examples of connections that have helped you um, get opportunities that you never thought you would even? Um, Was fellow up one of those? I'm curious. Yeah, so the first one I remember is when I was doing my internship at Startup Canada, I heard that Carlton had a program for like mentorships. So like they would connect alumni, Carlton alumni with uh, current students. And instead of just waiting for Carlton to pair me up with a mentor, what I did was I went to the mentorship website and I looked at and I looked at the list of all the mentors and there was one person that stood out to me and that was Courtney Simmons. She's now the, I think, writer of the CEO at Shopify or writer of, for the CEO or something like that. Wow. Um, and uh, the reason why I was so intrigued by her career was because she graduated from journalism mm-hmm. and then started leading the content marketing team at Shopify. So I was like, hmm, that sounds like <laughs> something I want to do, right? So I remember I was still a student and I reached out to her on LinkedIn and I, and I said like, hey, Courtney, I just found you on this website of mentors. Uh, you have a career that I really would like to learn more about. And I would I would love to see myself doing that in the future. Do you think you have f- 15 minutes to have a coffee with me? And she was so nice. She invited me to the Shopify office. We had lunch. And to me, that conversation was like life changing because I just saw this woman who graduated from journalism and was now leading a marketing team at Shopify. And she gave me so much confidence to do the same thing. So I think that's a nice story that shows that you're just one LinkedIn message away from meeting someone who can really make an impact and who can really inspire you or help you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was similar with Aiden, the CEO at Fellow. So I met him at a networking event. It was like an event for students looking for jobs at startups. And he was there. Um, and then we met, we chatted. He told me that he was building this really cool project that nobody knew about. And there wasn't even a website for it. It was all like very mysterious. But I really felt like a good connection with him as a, as a boss, as a manager, as a leader. Uh, so then the next day I reached out to him on LinkedIn saying like, hey, Aiden, Aiden, it was really nice to meet you. Um, I'm really interested to learn more about this project that you were, you were telling me about. Can we grab coffee? And then he was like, hey, Manuela, I think I'm I think I have a cool opportunity for you. And, and then we met <laughs> and he said, hey, I'm thinking about hiring the first non-technical employee. Um, if you want to join the company, what you would be doing is part customer support, part content creation, and you would be like my right hand throughout the next six months. And I was like, I'm in. So I went through an interview process and then that's how I started that fellow. But to answer your question, it was all also thanks to a LinkedIn DM. That's incredible. That's such a, that's a very inspiring story, honestly. And it is what you said definitely stood out. You know, you're one LinkedIn message away from your next opportunity, your next career of uh, opportunity, which is 
it's it's awesome to hear that that's how it happened I actually didn't know that but <laughs> yeah. I'm, cu I'm curious now like you know at that point you were maybe a year out of university would you say about like two months <laughs> <laughs> so you were two months out of university and you get this potential like life-changing opportunity which it turned out to be pretty incredible when you look at yeah. it now but how did you kind of go into it what was the experience even getting started within that role knowing that you are now the right head of um, this visionary um, mm -hmm. huge plans and not only that but you're also now representing everything marketing within this new mm -hmm. company yeah I think what helped me Anissa was just to go in with a very open mind and and this growth mindset of I'm just going to learn everything I'm going to absorb as much as I can from this man who seems to know a lot I wanted to start the job with like the foundations in place kind of so I did a lot of that before starting but then once we started and once I started um yeah at fellow I think it was all about taking everything with a growth mindset and yeah just just having an open mind and being willing to learn and and I think something that helped me is that I I knew that the first couple of years were all about working hard and learning a lot like I mm -hmm. I took my career very seriously I I just took it as a learning opportunity so any challenge that my manager would give me I would say yes and even if I don't know how to do it I'll learn how to do it does that make sense it was just like that Absolutely. yes I'll learn anything attitude right yeah absolutely and was Aiden very supportive of that as well yeah yeah I think finding a manager that that knows how to coach you know like knows how knows when to challenge you and when to help yes. you that is a blessing And that's something mm -hmm. that I also I've also learned from Aiden. And, and I hope I wish that for everyone that they can find a manager that can actually challenge them when they, they can, you know, when they have the potential to do things. But also did a great job at um, just putting like challenges for me or, or, or challenging me to learn new things. But being there to check in on me, like obviously we have these weekly one-on-one -on -one meetings where he would ask me like, okay, what, what are some, what are your priorities? What are some struggles that you're having right now? How can I help? Uh, and I think those weekly meetings really help over time to just build trust and build that connection. That's so awesome. What an incredible opportunity. So yeah, what was it like to even grow within, um, within, this company you know you started as a very first hire do you think um timing was a big factor even in this opportunity that you got to to grow into a head of marketing was that part of the initial thought process like yeah did you even ever imagine that you would be the head of marketing <laughs> now at, at fellow yeah so I think timing is big. I think it's also, there's a saying, I, I wish I remembered it right now, but it's almost like success is a mix of like luck, but also hard work, you know, like yes. if you, or if you're, if you 
work hard at the right place at the right time, then you're more mm-hmm. likely to find success, right? Like you need the, the hard work. Um, but so just to tell you a story, when I joined Fellow almost four years ago, I remember after that first year, I told Aiden like, hey, Aiden, when are we going to hire someone else from marketing? Like, I think that we're, I'm doing a lot of things. Um, and he said, okay, I think it's time to hire another person because a lot of the things that we were doing were starting to show that they were working, right? That they they were producing results. So then when we made the decision to hire another person, I remember meeting up with a mentor of mine, like a friend that, that is older than me that I look up to professionally. And we went out for coffee and he told me, Manuela, you need to tell Aiden that you want to manage the marketing team. I know it sounds intimidating, but as a manager, he needs to hear that if that's what you want. And that's one piece of advice that sticks with me and will stick with me forever. Because I remember going back to the office after that coffee chat. And I think I had a one-on-one with Aiden and I said, Hey, Aiden, now that we're talking about hiring one more person for the marketing team, I just wanted to let you know that my intention is to become the marketing leader in the company. I want to manage the marketing team. And then his answer was, I don't think you're ready yet. (laughs) So I was like, you know like like a moment of like oh no but he it wasn't that straightforward he was obviously nicer in in his delivery um but then and 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 then I took that with a growth mindset of like okay what what do you think I'm missing where where do you think I what do you think I can do in order to get there and a lot of his answer went around like just more experience like getting more perspective networking with other marketers and just getting more experience, like maybe like a year of, of experience. Coincidentally, when we posted that uh, marketing role that we were hiring for, this awesome personality in Ottawa, who's Erin Blasky, uh, messages Aiden saying like, hey, I just saw that you posted this marketing posting or, or something like that. The story goes like basically she reaches out to Aiden and, and she says, I want to join fellow. Let's. Let's work together, you know? And then Aiden tells me like, hey, we're thinking about hiring Aaron to lead the marketing team. Are you okay with that? Which first of all, I think it's awesome because he, from the beginning said, I would never hire someone who you don't feel comfortable reporting to. And I said, of course, like I know Aaron from events, from mm-hmm. social media. I would be thrilled to work with her and learn yeah. from her. So then Aaron joins for a full year. I learn and absorb so much from her. Like it was such an amazing learning experience oh to work gosh, with her for yes. a year. And then after a year, she decides to leave to start her own consulting business. So when she leaves fellow, I was ready to hear news from Aiden saying like, hey, Manuela, we're going to hire another director of marketing, right? I, was, I wasn't expecting anything different, but then I got this call and here's where the story closes. <laughs> and Aiden calls me and says, Hey, Manuela, do you remember a year ago when you told me that your intention was to lead the marketing team? I said, yes. And he said, well, now it's your time to shine. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. Like, (laughs) yes, it took a year. And perhaps for some people, it might take more. It might take longer. Mm -hmm. And yes, it was the right timing. But I think the moral of the story is if you want something, you need to tell your boss. Because even if it doesn't happen immediately, but it happens a year or two years from now, Mm -hmm. they will remember what your goals are and they will try to make them a reality if you have been working hard, you know? Absolutely. That was such a beautiful story. And (laughs) it's one that I know anyone listening, you know, it's one of those memorable stories that inspires you and encourages you to 
whatever situation you're in in your career, you're like listening to this and you're saying, I can do it too. If Manuela did it, I could do it too, you know? <laughs> and you can ask. Yes. Yes. Because it is, it is about having a clear ask, you know? We always assume that people know that what we want is to be the head of marketing because who wouldn't want to be the head of marketing? But it's not necessarily true that people will just know that. Your boss would not just know no. that unless you ask. Like, and that's something know, yeah. yeah that's something that we preach at fellow right we have a podcast called super managers we write a lot about management and we've interviewed mm -hmm. leaders from different companies that say as a manager it's also your job to ask those questions because something i've learned mm -hmm. on my team is that some of my teammates or the reports want to become managers one day but others don't others don't want to manage people and they don't want to be responsible for people's career paths and professional growth They just want to be individual contributors and that's okay. Right. You know, some people want that. So like you're saying, your manager doesn't know if you want to be, become a manager or if you want to be an IC forever because a lot of people mm -hmm. want that. So right. I love how you framed it. It's all about making a clear ask, telling your manager, hey, just so you know, my career goals are to lead a team in the next two years. How can you mm -hmm. make that happen? Or how can I mm -hmm. get there? You know? Right. Um, yeah, I absolutely love that story. And something that I do want to bring up is something that you've posted about also, you know, um, I'm an immigrant, you, you're an immigrant, you've come to Canada with uh, a goal, you know, your parents know that you came to Canada with plans and hopes and dreams. And um, I know that as an immigrant, number one, It can be hard sometimes to put yourself out there. You know, you have all, you can have all these insecurities of, you know, I have an accent or um, I look different for some people. And I've experienced these. And like I said, I've seen you post about um, imposter syndrome before. And I wanted to know how you've learned throughout your career and your life how to overcome imposter syndrome. This is something that we hear our students talk a lot about, specifically within the career world, because these are people going from one career and pivoting to a completely different one. Sometimes it's truly black and white, the two careers that they're going into. And imposter syndrome can creep in so quickly. Um, so what are the things that you've learned in coping with and dealing with that really? Um, yeah, I'm going to start by saying that I think it really helps to work at a company where the culture is so diverse and inclusive. So if you can find a workplace that is welcoming and diverse and where you see like people from different countries are hired all the time and the team is made up by like a very diverse group of people, yeah. I think that's a that's a priority and that should be a priority for people looking for jobs because it it really can help right if, if you see other people around you doing great things that are also immigrants for example fellow is full of immigrants like I don't know what's the percentage but a lot of us come from different countries so that's beautiful um, and the founders are very supportive of of that and, and diversity and I think they've never made me feel just like different or even like not included you know I've, I've heard a lot of women say that they don't feel included in meetings or or that they tend to be interrupted I think it's beautiful that fellow has a culture that is very inclusive in that sense 
but I still feel imposter syndrome all the time, all the time. Like <laughs> uh, there are days when I ask myself, like, why did I get this title? Like, do I deserve this title? <laughs> yes. And then one example, one example of recent imposter syndrome is yesterday, actually very recent. Aiden asked me to speak at the board meeting, which is happening next week. And a board okay. meeting is like a meeting with investors and really smart people from like Toronto and Silicon <laughs> Valley, you know? And my first thought was like, what am I going to say in that meeting? Like, I I'm not qualified to speak at a board meeting. And I, I started like getting all these thoughts. But then I, I was speaking with a friend and my friend told me like, look, if your boss asked you to do this, if your boss gave you this title, it's because they know the potential. They know you can do it. Like your boss would never give you a responsibility or a title that they don't think you actually deserve and that they don't think you will actually uh, just thrive and exceed at, right? You know? So I think that mindset helps a lot. Like you have the title you have, you got the job you got, like if you were recently hired because people saw the potential in you. So if they saw the potential in you, you shouldn't doubt yourself. There's other people that already saw that you have the, the skills and the potential to do it. And then in terms of like tactical or practical things to help with imposter syndrome, journaling helps me a lot. Like I write daily affirmations in my journal and sometimes they're as cheesy as I am smart. <laughs> I am capable, yes. you know, like I deserve yeah. the job that I have, <laughs> things like that. Yes. But they actually help. It's a great way to start the day and feel confident and feel positive. Mm -hmm. um, and then one last thing, two more things about imposter syndrome. One is keeping track of your accomplishments. So I have a document in fellow um, where it's called, um, what is it called? My hype doc. And I keep track of projects and things that I'm proud of and also feedback that I've received from my teammates or from my manager. So anytime, for example, Aiden says something really nice, I write it down there <laughs> so I don't forget. Oh, that's awesome. uh, or anytime a, uh, someone gives me a shout out at the company town hall, I write it there. Uh, so it takes practice to like build the habit, but it's actually very rewarding because I can see my hype doc from 2021, 2020, 2019. And it's really cool to look back at what felt like an accomplishment then versus what it feels like an That's accomplishment so cool. now. Um, and then the third thing that I always recommend for imposter syndrome is finding your tribe. Like if you can find people mm -hmm. that, that you can share these feelings of imposter syndrome with, that helps a lot. Mm -hmm. So I have two coworkers at work, Sarah and Alexandra, who are also managers. And whenever we have these feelings of like, uh, I don't know if I'm doing things right, or I don't know if I'm capable of doing this we're very open with each other and we share these feelings and then we just hype each other up and we say, no, you got this. So I think it helps to have that group of people to be very vulnerable with, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Those are great pieces of advice. And um, the, you know, the journaling and the affirmations, having a tribe, keeping track of everything that you've accomplished and everything positive, that's, that's such a great idea. I'm going to start doing it. Yes. I know people so listening good. start doing it. <laughs> yes, I'm I can I can probably guarantee that most people will. Um but and I know thank some you so people much. are like yeah. perfectionists. Oh, I was gonna say I know some people are perfectionists yeah. and, and they don't start this list of accomplishments because they think that it's gonna take a lot of work. But mm -hmm. some some friends that I know that I know do something similar take screenshots. So for example, if if, if your manager says something something yeah. nice on Slack 
or if you get a really nice email saying that you're awesome, just take a screenshot and you can have a folder in your in your desktop called like wins or accomplishments. And then like whenever you're feeling a little bit down or if you're feeling that imposter syndrome is kicking in, you go back and read all those screenshots and feel so much better about yourself. Uh, oh my gosh, I love that idea. It's such a good idea. Um, now, what would you tell um, anyone who's listening who's right now in, in a job that's just draining them, that's leaving them unfulfilled every single day? Um, and they're just wondering, you know, I spent all these years in school. What like, and this is what I get, or I spend all this money and this is what I get, or even, you know, I can't switch careers. I can't take a risk right now. What would you tell someone that is currently in that state of mind, in that type of environment in their life? I think what I would tell this person is you don't have to have a job that makes you sad or that makes you feel just like unfulfilled. There are so many startups, so many tech companies looking for talent and willing to give people from different backgrounds an opportunity. Um, so I would say, I know it must be really hard and I can't imagine like how hard it must be to think about having to switch yeah. careers and perhaps putting like your your family or like your economical situation like on, on, yeah. a, on a different, you know, like just like situation yeah, or having course. to perhaps take a take a salary that is lower than what you have right now but I feel like once you find a job that makes you feel really excited and you find a team mm -hmm. that you really love working with then it's easier to yeah. to succeed in your career and to right. actually start making more money if that's what you care about or um mm -hmm. because because you're happy and passionate about it and sometimes when people ask me about my job I tell them Sometimes I don't see it as a job. Sometimes I see it as yes. a really cool project that I'm building with a really cool group of people. Yes. And I think that makes me excited to work. Even if it's on a Saturday afternoon, people are like, oh, why do you want to work? And I'm like, because sometimes I really want to. Like, I, I'm excited and, and I'm building this really cool project with this really cool group of people. To me, it's not like a nine to five job that I dread. It's something that actually makes right. me excited. So this yeah. one, this, this answer went long, but I just want to say, um, I think yeah. everyone can find, and I hope that everyone can find a job that gets them this excited. Absolutely. Um, I like what you said, you know, that you don't, you don't have to settle and you can, it's not necessarily about always making a career like transition and a complete 180 of your life. Sometimes it's just about finding a different type of role, which is a pivot in itself. And it doesn't always have to mean a salary decrease. It doesn't always have to mean you being unemployed for an, uh, an amount of time. You know, if, if we've seen something at Three Skills is that no matter what situation you're in, you could get into a job, into a role, into an industry, that um, you can love. And at the end of the day, like you said, being in a positive and in a healthy environment can sometimes lead to, can actually 100% of the time lead to more growth, personal growth and career growth, because you're in an environment that fosters growth, really. Um, when you are in a place where you're feel down and, and discouraged, it will obviously reflect in your career growth because you're not excited about it um so I completely agree doesn't 
it doesn't and i think yeah. that's that it's also why it's so important when you're interviewing for jobs and i know that's something that you folks say at the three skills as well is you're also mm -hmm. interviewing them you're interviewing yes. your manager you're interviewing the company you need to figure out is this the type of culture that i want to join and be a part of like yeah. it's not just them interviewing you and i know you also preach this i agree yes okay this has been filled with gold bits that I just want to quote everywhere. <laughs> I'm so um, excited to share and it. I could, yes, this is such a good conversation. And I know everyone listening is benefiting a lot from this conversation. But we have one more thing that I want to do with you. And this is a little bit oh, cool. lighter and more fun, just so that we get to know you better. So this is our speed round. I'm and nervous. <laughs> it's fun. It's going to be fun. So <laughs> It's to get to know you better. Feel free to elaborate on any of your answers. Um, okay, so here we go. Coffee or tea? We're going to start simple. Do you drink coffee. coffee or tea? Always? I guess you're from Colombia, so that makes sense. I'm from Colombia, so I love coffee. <laughs> and it has to be Colombian coffee. Like, whenever I buy my coffee, I check yeah. that it says from Colombia. <laughs> yes, supporting your Colombian yes. roots. I love that. Yes. Um Okay, reggaeton or hip hop? Reggaeton. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. Um, I love dancing. I, think <laughs> I know. Yes. I've seen you on Instagram. Do you still dance? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the um, other side of me, the marketer <laughs> and the dancer. <laughs> well, I think part of living a fulfilling life and a career is about having that balance. So. Yes. I think that's the, the purpose of this conversation too, you know, it's about having a career you love, but it's also about loving your life and building a lifestyle that you love. So the next question 100%. is, yes, pizza or sushi? Sushi, 100%. I yeah. love sushi. Oh my gosh, so good. Uh, okay, this might be a little obvious now because you said you love dancing, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Dancing workouts or gym workouts? Actually, gym workouts, because I okay. see dancing more as a fun thing. And then when I actually want to exercise, I like uh, using like dumbbells and weights. Like I feel like those workouts are more uh, like fulfilling for me. I do Zumba once a week uh, with my friend MJ Zumba, um, but I prefer like weight lifting. Does that make sense? Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So are you, okay, are you a morning person or an evening person? Morning. I love mornings and I always see yeah. mornings as me time. Like my, my perfect days, you know, like my ideal days start with having like a couple of hours before work where I can sit down, journal, eat breakfast, exercise for 45 minutes to an hour and then start work. Um, if I do those things before work, I'm like the happiest. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. in the evening time, do you usually just decompress and just... I just decompress, yeah. perhaps like hang out with my roommates, um, talk to my family. I do talk to my family a lot. So I, yes. in the evenings, I usually call my parents, call my sister. So yeah, it's decompress. And are they still in Colombia? My parents live in Colombia and my sister lives in Mexico. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Reading books or audiobooks? Audiobooks. I love Audible. Yeah. And are you reading something right now or listening to something? 
I'm actually reading something right now. Uh, it's called The Courage to be Disliked. One of my coworkers recommended it um, because I started reading about stoicism recently, which is okay. uh, like, uh, I think they're yeah. called philosophy. Yeah, it's a, a type of philosophy. And um, I'm reading The Daily Stoic every morning. And I read um, The Obstacle is the Way, which is also a book, I think, on stoicism. And then this coworker said, If you want to learn more about stoicism, read The Courage to be Disliked. So I started that one recently. I love the title. It's so intriguing. I know. Um, it's been I, so far. I, it, yeah, it just feels like something everyone needs to read right now. Um, But if there's one like actionable tip that I yeah. can share uh, is Audible changed the way I consume books. Like I consume so much information now thanks to Audible because I put it on whenever I'm doing laundry or washing dishes Or even like making my bed or cleaning my room. So like you could be listening to a book wherever and whenever. And, so and thanks to Audible, I've increased a lot my consumption of information. That's incredible. So I, um, I scroll through TikTok quite a bit. And you get some good information. <laughs> good information. Uh, someone actually said that it is a fact that reading a book and listening a book is the same thing. Like you're mm -hmm. not gonna get a different experience in terms of like the knowledge or what you get from reading or listening. It's the exact same because a lot of people will say, you know, reading is better or listening is better. They're the same. <laughs> I wonder if it depends on the, on your learning style too. Like, I feel like I really Probably. like listening to things. Yeah. Same, same. I agree um okay your favorite day of the week and why friday today's friday <laughs> i love fridays for obvious yeah. reasons <laughs> um, for sundays right. like sunday mornings are like just so relaxing i like relaxing sunday mornings and you know what that says a lot because i'm hearing so many people talk about in terms of their career how Sundays can be a stressful or anxious day because mm. they are, they know Monday's coming up. So for a lot of people, a big percentage of professionals, Sundays are anxious filled. Um, so mm -hmm. hearing you say, you know, I love Sundays, that's a good sign. And that's one we should all strive for. Yeah, for me, Sundays are divided into two. So that's the way yes. I try to see it. And I hope it helps someone listening. Yes. So Sunday morning until like around even like 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. It's like relax, like do whatever you want. If you want to go skating, if you want to go hiking, if you want to stay in bed and chill, it relax. And then like Sunday evenings for me, it's is when the prep work starts. So like order your groceries uh, or meal prep. And then I like to book like an hour to two hours on Sunday evenings to actually plan my week. So Uh, obviously, I use Fellow and, and the tool itself gives you, creates the habit of preparing for meetings in advance. Mm -hmm. So I go to Fellow every Sunday and I check what are my meetings of the week. And then I prepare an agenda for every meeting. So then when I show up to those meetings, I'm already prepared and know what I have to right. say there. So it's like a really good feeling of like knowing, okay, I prepared my agenda for all my meetings. Now I can just like join the Zoom call and know what I have to say, kind of. I love that. And fellow, I mean, I've used it a little bit for our work at three skills and our meetings. And it's so true that it really helps you get very intentional with the time that you have. And, you know, with 
us going remote and so many companies being remote right now, um, having a tool like that, that helps you even identify, does this need to be a meeting or does it not? Um, mm-hmm. I think you say no agenda, no attenda. Yeah, I, I love. <laughs> you guys have coined that and I, I, I'm here for it. Um, next question, two more questions. So first one, what is a show or movie that you can watch over and over again? Modern Family. <laughs> Modern Oh my gosh, yes. It I is love Modern Family. Obviously, yeah. I love Gloria because she's Colombian. Yes. She's uh, hilarious. She's hilarious, but every character in that show is hilarious. And you know what? I think I love that show because I'm a very family-oriented person, and I really love mm-hmm. the family values that it portrays, yes. like how they support each other and they're there for each other no matter what. And when my sister has kids and I have kids, I dream of having like that type of relationship where everyone is like a big family. So I think that's why I love it so much. Yes, it is. It is a really good show. I actually never really got into it until last year. And I'm just the type of person that loves to have some type of show in the background mm-hmm. um, while I'm cooking, while I'm doing things around the home. And it, it's been a good one. It's one of those things that you just die laughing randomly. So and nice. it's so yeah. funny. Okay, last question is TikTok or Instagram? It's it's like a war right now, I feel like. As yeah, marketer. but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say TikTok. Um yeah. not as a marketer, I'm gonna answer as a as a user, as a regular yeah. content consumer, because I feel like I'm fine, like you said, TikTok can be very insightful. It, it can show you a mm-hmm. lot of things. And it seems like the algorithm really knows what to show you based on your interests. So it shows me a lot of like great marketing content and sometimes cooking videos. I find that Instagram has become a little bit repetitive in the sense that it's almost like the highlight reel of everyone's lives. But sometimes I get more insights from TikTok. So that's why I'm going to go with TikTok. And maybe Instagram's new homepage, like the way they're going to split it into three sections might help with that. I think they're going to start showing you more videos from creators that you don't follow yet um so i think it's gonna start getting very similar to tiktok in that sense yeah i do think that instagram is trying to catch up with the tiktok mm-hmm. era because it does tiktok brings out everybody's creativity and mm-hmm. so many people get to explore that and even showcase that and it's really cool as a consumer like you said to just go through it and see all these different ways of people expressing themselves. And mm-hmm. it is, yeah, you learn something every time. It's so true. Yeah. Um, well, that was my last question. This has been such a great conversation, Manuela. It was so, so fun. Much. Thank you for being our very first guest on this segment of our podcast. And um, yes, thank you so much. Of course. No, thank you all from the three skills. Thanks you, Anissa, for having me. <laughs> And of course, if anyone's listening, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, Mm -hmm. on Instagram, even on TikTok, if you want, now that we're talking about TikTok. Um, I'm always happy to chat whenever people have questions about these topics like imposter syndrome or career growth or even just being an immigrant in Canada. Always happy to connect with people and, and have these conversations. So thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Building Your Dream Career. If you got some value out of this, feel free to share it with someone that might need it, or you can leave a five-star rating on the podcast. Visit the3skills.com for free resources to help you build your dream career.
See you next time.